Yippee ki yay! Merry Christmas. <laughs> or is it? Hmm. That's what we're debating tonight on. <laughs> review, review. Podcast. <laughs> Live. We're giving ourselves Live. two theme studio. songs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. This show is so good. We have two theme songs. Um, tonight, we are reviewing Die Hard. Die Hard! On Christmas Eve of all the Eves. Merry Christmas, everybody. May glad tidings come to you and your kin. Get, why don't you get a nice warm blanket, get a, get a nice full cup of eggnog. That's right. Curl up by a fire mm -hmm. and listen to us talk about one wonderful NYPD officer stuck <laughs> in a giant skyscraper with 14 terrorists. <laughs> it's a raucous, seasonally greetings good time. <laughs> Look outside and see if that old man is granting you a Christmas goose. <laughs> sir, sir, what day is it? <laughs> What did I? What? How did this reverse? Yeah, how does this reverse? <laughs> Why is that mean you're to Scrooge a kid now? <laughs> what did I? Today's Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> and so are you, kid. Here's a fucking goose for you, you little bitch. Anyway, this has already gone off the rails so hard. It's so. One more Christmas tangent. So, this is this podcast where they were like talking about a Christmas carol, and they're like, "How long did it really last before Ebenezer Screw started treating Bob Cratchit like shit again?" Like, I would give it to New Year's Day. Yeah, yes, like maybe like a, maybe a week where he was like, "Bob, shut the fuck up." <laughs> oh, oh, you want to? Oh, you want to come in late? Guess what? Now you're working. Now, now we're back to old Ebenezer. Fuck you your. Fuck you want old Ebenezer? Son. You got old yeah. Ebenezer. Oh, you want old Ebenezer? You want old Ebenezer? Guess what? You're working New Year's, motherfucker. <laughs> you Scrooged, you bitch. Yeah, you got Scrooge, motherfucker. <laughs> no coal for you. Yeah. Oh, you you got good Ebenezer on Christmas. <laughs> took me three ghosts to come like this. Now I'm pissed. Guess what? It took one man to ask for another fucking day off to get me back to square one. <laughs> yeah. Took one... Piece of shit like you, Bob, <laughs> to come in, take advantage of me while I'm feeling all generous. <laughs> oh, I got a crippled son. Fuck you. <laughs> You're I always got... on that crutch. You're on that crutch more yeah. than Tim is. I got work. I got work to take care of. <laughs> Can't worry about your this sorry a, ass. This no. is a business, you asshole. <laughs> got your sorry ass coming in late. Yeah, the Christmas Carol, what a wild ride. <laughs> that, was our, that was our Christmas tangent, this Die Hard episode. Um, why don't we just jump right into it? Die Hard JT came out July 15th, 1988. What a Christmassy time to come out. <laughs> With a budget of $28 million, uh, domestically made $83.5 million. That sounds like a success. Worldwide, finally raking in $141.2 million. Yeah. Didn't do too bad for itself there, JT. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes puts it at 93%. That's a high it's, one. It's, it's pretty up there. <laughs> uh, IMDb has it at an 8.2 out of 10. Metacritic at 72%. Common Sense Media putting at 4 out of 5. Yeah. And Roger Ebert giving it two out of four. Whoa, hello. Yeah, I know. Kind of all over the place here. Um, Very hit and miss. Yeah. As I did for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. I gave the, uh, I would say, a pretty great synopsis. Now, no. I don't want to toot my own horn. Let me golf clap for you real quick Thank there you. For that one. Um, I am going to hand the baton off to you. The yes. The synopsis master. It's what I do best. And uh, let you do what you do best. Okay. Well, Die Hard follows a NYPD officer by the name of John McClane, who is heading out to Los Angeles to meet up with his current wife, Holly, who is working at Nakatomi Tower mm -hmm. at a very 
business job. I don't know what they really do. They do business. They do business. <laughs> uh, to uh, to visit for the holidays because she moved out to Los Angeles for a career opportunity. And old uh, John McLean has more stuff to do in New York as a, as a NYPD officer. Mm-hmm. And while he's there, a group of terrorists that are helmed by Hans Gruber mm-hmm. take over Nakatomi Tower and terrorize the ongoing Christmas party up top, leaving John McClane barefoot and all to wander through the tower, picking off terrorists one by one, trying to figure out a way to save his wife and maybe even save the building in general. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. There is... Probably the, I'm going to point out the most evil man in this movie. Yeah. Is the guy John McClane meets on the plane ride to L.A. (laughs) That he says, you know what makes you feel right at home? Taking your shoes off and just curling them into fists right into the carpet. Oh, dude, I totally, (laughs) I did not. This is one of those movies where I remember seeing it a whole bunch, like on HBO. Uh-huh. So I remember I've only like seen. I've it always seen it. starts not there somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, it always yeah. starts like halfway through. So when I saw that watching it this time around, I'm like, that fucking dick, that piece of shit guy. <laughs> you just fu- you fucked this man. <laughs> you fucked this man into oblivion. You have fucked this man. <laughs> you have fucked this man. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, he's the most evil man in this. And like, granted, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie start to finish. Yeah, and I know all about it because it's popular in pop oh, yeah. culture and all that kind of stuff. But now I got to really dig into the details and all this stuff. So yeah. I knew like he's barefoot in it, and he's got the whole glass shit going on at yep. the end. And I'm like trying to like pick up on little things that like maybe brought up later. And yeah. I'm like, this motherfucking prick on this plane. <laughs> Tell him to take his shoes off. Yeah. Granted, it does work. Yeah. He does like curl his. T- he's like, huh. Well, motherfucker, <laughs> it does work. And then turns out terrorists happen. <laughs> Never take your shoes off. Get at any point in time. Like right now, I have my shoes off. Yeah. Any point in time, terrorists could be Someone scattering could... glass all over this floor. What a fu- bunch of fucks. How am I going to get upstairs to go to bed with all glass all over the floor? <laughs> Why would you go to bed with terrorists in your house? <laughs> I'm tuckered out. I got to get up here in the morning. Can we do this in the morning? I'm really tired. I got Christmas presents to yeah. open tomorrow. I'll, I'll help you open the vault in the morning. I'm just really tired right now. I got to go to bed. You really caught me at a real hard time <laughs> yeah. here, okay? It's pretty late. I've got a really early morning. We'll, we'll tackle this in the morning. <laughs> um... But no, that's one of the things I like the most about this is that, like, this movie is so good at, like, like really drawing out weird plot threads where you're like, where are you going with this? And then they do, like, a payoff, whether it's small or large, where it's like, oh, right. okay. Right. Like, they do this, all, they do it a lot in this. Even, like, that whole thing with the reporter, that goes on for so long where you're like, where are you going with this reporter? Mm-hmm. And then ends up paying off with like a big thing where it just fucks everything up. Where you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, now I see. Yeah, that was yeah, that was really good. Um, and something I I was like, I I didn't know what to expect from there. Are they gonna like drag their kids into this or what is happening with here? <laughs> yeah. Um, I also like the fact too at one point that um, it's like near the end of the movie where <laughs> the chief of police. Is like yelling up at th- through it of a walkie-talkie. It's like, hey, there's people down here. They're getting glass all over themselves. And like, <laughs> John McClane is like, fuck the glass. Who gives a shit? And then like ten minutes later, he's like, fuck this glass. I give a shit. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good too. Oh yeah, they do shit like that all the time. That fucking chief is so fucking. <laughs> That chief is so incompetent. <laughs> yeah. I loved him so much, and he's played by the principal in Breakfast Club. Yeah, I was waiting for him to say, you want to mess with the bull? You're going to get the horns. I was just waiting for it. He's so fucking dumb. I loved it so much. He's like, he's like, what are they shooting at? I bet they're shooting at the lights. 
I was gonna shoot at the lights. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I'm writing down a note so I don't forget it because I think it's a funny joke. Oh man, <laughs> it's probably not gonna be funny at all. Um, I have here in my notes that I actually put in Nakamura Plaza, and that is a slip. Nakatomi. It's Nakatomi, not yeah. Nakamura, as not in Shinsuke. Shinsuke, <laughs> Shinsuke Nakamura, the wrestler? <laughs> yeah. Um, Nakatomi Tower is actually the headquarters of 20th Century Fox. Whoa. Or at least was. Yeah. I don't know if it still is. Um, probably not, because it's all of its assets are being sold off. But um, during the filming of this, for whatever reason, they also... You could think they could film there for free. But they charged themselves rent in order to film in there, which confounded me. Sounds like a laun- money laundering scheme. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, see, IRS off- official, we didn't make this much money because we were charging ourselves rent. I bet you that was the reason, to get like a tax write-off for money that is just going back in their pockets. <laughs> Anyway, I found that very peculiar. You found him out, Troy. Now you're going to be assassinated in the morning. (laughs) Oh, shit. I'll just scatter glass on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Why did we hire all these barefoot assassins? (laughs) I have that sign outside that says, please take your shoes off. (laughs) Yeah, you don't don't invest in a security system. You just scatter glass and put out a sign that says, please take your shoes off. Be courteous. Take your shoes off. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Another fun fact in this, too, is that Bruce Willis got approved for a... Now, he had to go through 20th Century Fox to get this, and the president finally approved it to get a $5 million salary for this movie. Yeah. I'm assuming well above and beyond any other person in this movie. Uh, yeah, um, I'm sure. But since then, salaries have pretty much skyrocketed since yeah. 1988. I was actually going to look up what... Um, I must call him Tony Stark. Uh, what Robert, Robert Downey Beth, Jr. Yeah. made for the last Infinity War movie? I know we always joke that he's he's always he's always pitching for that bill. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up right now because I think it's like a lot of money. Oh yeah, I'm sure it is. I wonder if Google will know. Hey Google, what did Robert Downey Jr. make as a salary for Infinity War? On the website Observer.com, they say. Robert Downey Jr. earned around $50 million for 2012's The Avengers 1's box office bonuses and back-end compensation were factored in, a number that climbed to $75 million for 2015's Avengers, Age of Ultron. It's been he made $750 million? $200 million for Infinity War, but that remains unconfirmed. <gasps> Jesus Christ! $200 million for Infinity War. Jesus! Five million is bullshit, yeah, Bruce Yeah, fuck Willis. you, Bruce. <laughs> you stupid Why don't you learn idiot? to negotiate, you fucking idiot? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if we look up... What did he make for glass? And it's like 201 million. Oh, <laughs> God. Shoving Robert Downey's face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> Those are pretty much all the fun facts I have about this movie. But I, yeah. I I like as this movie gets started, after he's already rolled into L.A., he meets his um, limo driver. Fucking Argyle? Yeah, Argyle. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love Argyle in this so much. Which was a surprise to me because, like, just knowing it from pop culture, like, I had no idea this character was in this movie at all. Oh, my God. And I enjoyed him thoroughly. He's so fucking good. Even like when he first meets him, like he's so sheepish. Where he's like, "This is my, uh, this is my first time uh, mm-hmm. being limo driver," and he's like, "Well, it's my first time being a rider, so whatever." Yeah. And then the minute he gets in the limo, he's like, "You divorced man? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who you fucking, bro? <laughs> like, well, I'm married. Oh, what, you divorced or something? <laughs> Get your dick wet. <laughs> Why she move out here? She don't like you too much, huh? <laughs> It's like being so personal. Like it looks like looks like Bruce Willis wants to fucking kill him because he's just like asking all these personal questions. <laughs> um, so when he finally rolls up to Nakatomi Tower, what I I have this note written down because I'm like, wait a minute, this seems oddly specific, but uh. So McLean gets to Naka <laughs> Nakamura Plaza. God damn it, read my notes. <laughs> 
he asks the receptionist about his wife, and he's like, "I just look it up in the computer right there." And so he looks up his wife under McLean, not there. It's under her maiden name. Yeah, uh, Gennaro. Gennaro, which isn't really the point I'm getting at here. Yeah, the point is when he looked it up. Um, and it said that she it's she's on the thirtieth floor. Yeah, the map was just an arrow that pointed to the elevator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and then <laughs> the guy after he's like, oh, they're on the thirtieth floor. Um, yeah, they're the only ones in the building. It's a Christmas party. Why did you and say like, that? And why did you fucking just tell him the only ones in the building are on the thirtieth floor? This is the eighties. There's no security. Yeah. Just. There's a party. I know for a fact everyone is on floor 30. She's probably there. 9-11 is like 15 years away. You're fine, bro. Just, just point them where it's at. <laughs> that made no sense to me to look her up in a computer because it. I thought it would maybe be referenced later. Yeah. It is not. No. <laughs> the, the, the computer thing is just like, look at the technology we have in 1988. <laughs> Impressed? As a person in 2018? No. But, hey, Nakatomi Tower, we got computers. <laughs> it tells you everything a doorman knows. <laughs> even when a door, spending even, thousands of Even dollars. when a doorman is sitting right next to it. <laughs> it's like he just didn't want to do his job. It's like, do you, can you tell me where my wife is? Uh, there's a computer right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll look it up. Oh, everyone's on the 30th floor. Oh, like the computer said. So you could have just told me, so you're just being a dickhead at this point. Fuck you. I'm glad you get shot. It's like those fucking guys at the, at the party where it's like, hey, can you open this for me? It's like, got the opener right there. You want to try it? Like, no, I just want you to open it for me. No, opener's right there. Try it. It's pretty cool. Like, okay, I opened it. All right, fine. All right, fuck fine. you, I guess. Jesus Christ. The fuck. Um, yeah, I get it. You're cool. <laughs> there's also many points in this movie where I feel like nobody really knows how a walkie-talkie works. Um, They do go back and forth on it, but they always... Like, at one point, John McClane just sets his walkie-talkie down and is talking back and forth with Reginald Vell Johnson. And oh. to, I'm like, you're not even pushing the button. Maybe you hold it down. or Yeah, but then as you go, they go back and forth. It's weird. And it's like they can both hear each other at the same time. I'm like, this isn't how a walkie-talkie works. <laughs> and there's multiple points in this movie where, like, maybe it's just the fact that I have to wear a walkie at work, yeah. like, at all times. Yeah. And it was really just a one small little detail where I'm just like, this is fucking driving me nuts. Like you're just talking over each other with that's not how kids know how walkie talkies work. And adults are just playing fast and loose with the rules. And I don't like it at all. <laughs> Cause I'm pretty sure like Hans Gruber, like interrupts John McClane and, uh, Al Powell at one point. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you can't do that. No, you would just be talking <laughs> over each other on the mics and nobody would hear anything. You'd just yeah. be like, oh, I, I didn't get that. What did you say? Oh, wait, wait, Hans, did you say something? Wait. No. And then let, me, like let, a... me, let me take my finger off the button. I'll like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk on three. One. Oh, you pressed the button. Uh, uh, God shit. damn it. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I started talking before I hit the button. I didn't catch half what you said. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, that was just a pet peeve of mine. I don't know if anyone else picked that up, but it really it yeah, really I guess it'll work enough with the walkie talkies <laughs> to be like, oh, I'm out of it. I fucking despise walkies because <laughs> nobody knows how to use they just start talking and then press the button halfway through a sentence and I'm like, this is what assholes do at work all the time and fuck you. They're just Charlie Brown and you, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fuck you, I don't care what you say. I'm just going to keep talking. They're fucking loosing me. That's just that fucking football just right outside. You just want me to kick it, and you're just going to take it away. <laughs> I can just imagine you like on a t on a walkie like telling someone what to say, and then uh, you take your finger off. And, like, and then I said something like, no, god damn it, oh, you prick bitch. You didn't hear a goddamn thing I said, did you, you piece of shit? <laughs> god damn it. Uh... <laughs> While we're also on the walkie-talkie subject, there's a, a point, like, near three-quarters of the way through the movie where, like, 
a lot of walkie-talkie is going back and forth between, like, Bruce Willis and Reginald Vell Johnson. Yeah. And a lot of it is, like, just getting deeply personal. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't this open, like, over open communications for, like, the bad guys and the other cops to hear? And they're yeah. just wake like, using all this <laughs> chatter for, like, everyone to hear? And it's like, why are you doing this now? Yeah, like, for... Like, it's just fun to know that, for no reason at all, Hans know that Al Powell killed a kid. <laughs> he's, he's still operating under the under the, the entire idea that Al Powell killed a kid once. <laughs> that should make him, like, ruthless in his yeah. eyes, right? But I, if he wouldn't have said that, then he would know that he's like... I'm uh, trying to steal so much money, and I know that Al Powell killed a child. <laughs> Which is such an odd name to say. It doesn't really roll off the tongue very well. It's I, like a tongue twister. I love Reginald Vell Johnson in this, but there are some times when he's on the walkie with John McClane where he looks like he's trying to win a fucking Oscar. Uh, yeah. Like yeah, he's yeah. just got the fucking CB up where he's like, God damn it, John. We're trying. We're trying real hard. You got to hold on, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like... Jesus. Yeah, everyone like, can hear you. The bad guys can yeah, hear you. Like, like, anytime Bruce Willis is on there, he he, he talks pretty nonchalant throughout. But then mm-hmm. fucking Richard Lavelle Johnson gets on and he's like, <laughs> I tell you, brother, we got a long day ahead of Like, he's just like really fucking just laying it out. Yeah. Granted, I loved every second of it. Oh, I fucking yeah, loved, of course I did. I fucking love Reginald L. Johnson and his fucking <laughs> oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I even love that this is where the whole theory came about that Family Matters was him relocating to Chicago with his family <laughs> to to hide from terrorists. It's It would hold up. <laughs> yeah. It would. Uh, just change his name, go to witness protection, and now yep. he's a cop in, in Chicago? Yeah. Shoot. His initials are cow. <laughs> He's crazy over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a side joke. But yeah, I love. But yeah, that that was an ongoing theory where it's like Al Powell is just Carl Otis Winslow in Chicago under under witness protection until Steve Urkel gets back into his life and fucks yep. his whole shit up. Yep, and then Hans's brother comes and kills him. <laughs> oh no! Before he goes to New York and tries to steal. Fort Knox. <laughs> uh, no, we're just, we're just, like, just totally just weaving together the family matters in the Die Hard universe. Uh, this movie it, alternate title could be like how how Al Powell got his groove back. <laughs> oh my god! Um, all seriousness, though. Yeah. Um, this being the first time I saw it. I really thought that uh, it's a simple plot. Yeah. It's like just a kind of like a revenge, not even like a revenge type though. Just it's like, like a siege action. movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I enjoyed the action in it quite a bit. Yeah. It's not like the wholly amped up, like live free or die hard. Yeah. Like crashing a motorcycle into a yeah. helicopter. It's like real life stakes. Yeah. It's like legit three dudes and he's like fucked. Right. There's like like he fights one dude and he's fucked. Right. Sometimes. Yeah. Um I really appreciated that. It was like a down-to-earth thing that even like now you very rarely see in a movie in like yeah. an action movie. And when yeah. you do it's like completely refreshing. Like it's just an everyman. Oh yeah. And like you can like see like they even like do like small things here and there where you can see like, the progression of how, like, ragged and bloody he's getting as, like, the movie goes on. Yeah. He starts out with a white wife beater. Yeah. And it is, like, nasty gray by the time he gets, like, to the third act. Yeah. Yep. Before he takes it off to, like, like <laughs> wrap, wrap his, his feet. Nasty foot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I know, like, that last scene when he's, like, just limping towards, like, Hans, and he's just, like... <laughs> covered in blood with his shirt off and like even like his wife was like jesus christ <laughs> yeah she's got a gun to her head and she's like oh <laughs> no like she should be like so happy to see him and she's just like oh my god what happened to you <laughs> clean it up brother um i uh i really it, oh 
really liked uh, Hans Gruber as the villain. Oh, dude, Alan Rickman is fucking awesome in this. And, like, at first, like, I got that he's, like, they're just... Like uh, like thieves, I know I knew what they were after. Is yeah. I found it odd what they were like, kind of like going for. Yeah, like they're going to steal from this tower that has like inside they've got like bonds or stocks or something inside. Yeah, they have like written bo- like bonds. It's like the promise of money, pretty much. It's like a coupon for money, right? And it's like six hundred million dollars worth of stuff. I'm like, yeah, this just seems like an odd place to hit. Yeah. I guess maybe you just know that it is easy target, so maybe that's why you're going and just instead of like robbing a bank or something yeah. like that. But um, his whole plan is really thought out and put together, which yeah. I really liked. Yeah, and like there's more wrinkles to it as it goes on, and it's like, no, I want this to happen. I want the cops to show up because that'll yeah. draw more people here, yeah. and that'll distract them from me doing this and blah 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 blah. I'm like, that's a really fucking smart plan. Yeah. I really like that a lot. And I also like to the fact that like when he is going out and like kind of double checking after like John McClane is already like out and about running, trying to mow down all these terrorists that when he gets caught, like almost with his hand in the cookie jar, he like totally changes face. And he's like, don't shoot, please. I escaped from one of them. Yeah. I'm scared. Like he finds a way to like take on like an American accent. Like, Oh God. Oh yeah. no, you're one of them. Yeah. And I was like, that is really fucking smart. Like yeah. I that was a really cool thing to do. I know, and he's just like constantly like trying to like position himself where it's like, Can I get a gun? Yeah. Can I get a gun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to protect myself. Can I get a gun real quick? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was and I guess that sh- that scene was filmed after like the whole movie was done and they yeah. like wedged it in because they wanted to show his like acting prowess of doing an American accent or yeah. something. I'm like, yeah, I think it totally worked. It's like one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's not that long, too. There's like maybe right. like two scenes where he just kind of acts as like his tag along buddy. Right. Otherwise, I also like that he's totally cold and ruthless. Yeah. Because he's like, listen, you're going to get me what I want or I'm going to shoot you. I know. And then he does. He follows up on everything yeah. that he says. I know. Like every scene where he's about to kill somebody, he just kind of pulls like his small silver pistol out and just kind of lays it on the table or he's like, Okay, we're going to have a discussion now. <laughs> You're going to give me the codes. I want all the codes. I love I love Hans in this where it's like he he will like he keeps the same tone of voice pretty much all the time, but like <laughs> there's like so many scenes where like he's just being condescending like the scene with Ellis where he's being so <laughs> condescending towards him where he's like Oh my god, you figured it all out. <laughs> like, I fucking love Ellis in this. The the dumb coked fuckhead with the beard where he's just like Oh that's Hans, one of my notes in this. Hans Bubby, I got you, man. The one of my notes in this is the sleaze bag employee, because I couldn't remember his name. Yeah. But I'm just like, that guy is such a piece of shit. But so relatable and how of a fucking rat dick he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I know. He's, Ellis is such a fucking idiot. And I love him in this so much. He's, like, he's just like. Introduced getting walked in on by doing a line of coke off like. Uh, yeah, his boss is dead. His boss is dead. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, he's just doing a lot of co- and then like his like boss boss like Mr. Takagi is just like yeah um this is Ellis <laughs> he's just like uh, yeah whatever yeah and even like when he's under a hostage situation and he's like talking to uh her name's Holly right yeah uh in some points where he still comes off as like a dick even though he's like being a captive yeah and then he's like. Listen, Hans, I'll I'll deal with you here. This is the kind of thing we got going on. I know the guy you're you're looking for. <laughs> and he like is like leans back in his chair and he's like, I'll he's like help he, he you. One of the henchmen is getting him a coke. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of funny because like I took it as like if he asked for anything, he's like, You got any coke? Like yeah. cocaine, and they bring him like a <laughs> can of coke. Yes. And I was like, That is could awesome. that be it? And oh my like, god, that is hilarious. <laughs> Because <laughs> he does end up drinking, but he ends up, when he pours it, he, he, like, looks at it weird, and I'm like, what's he asking for, cocaine? 
Oh my god, I didn't realize that. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's true or not, but that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, it's like weird thing where like they bring a can of coke and he just like points at it and looks at Hans. He's like, uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like leaning back in his chair, thinking he's like fucking made it. Oh he's, no! Like, on their every side. time he talks to him, he's just like, yeah, John. They got a gun on me. They're gonna kill me. And then he, like pulls the mic, the walkie away from his mouth, and he like looks at Hans. He's like, yeah. He's totally oh, buying yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. He just like gives him like this nod where he's just like, hey, uh, John, uh, could you help me? They got a gun on me. I think they're going to kill me. And then he like pulls it away. He's like, right. Right, Hans? <laughs> I mean, we're totally buds at this point, right? <laughs> so, I fucking love Ellis in this so much. <laughs> and then, of course, Hans Gruber's like, oh, yeah, totally buds. And then just blows his brains out. Yeah. And I was like, Fuck yes. I love that he ended up getting shot. <laughs> and I didn't want him to have, be, like, redempted and getting out of there at all. I'm like, this guy oh needs to God. fucking die, if anything. Yeah. Just, Ellis is just so fucking fun. Like, the the scene when, like, when uh, John McClane first shows up and, like, he goes in the office and then, like, Holly's there. And, like, Ellis is like, hey, why don't you show, show him the watch you got, huh? You show him that watch or it's like he's like so uncomfortable that no one's bragging about themselves that he's just like he has to brag for them it's, yeah. like, it's a rolex she got a rolex yeah it's like you are such a piece of shit you are the epitome of an 80s scumbag <laughs> he's just like he was born in a pile of coke like there's He's just <laughs> a pile of coke and way too much cologne. That's yeah. like that's what he smells like. <laughs> God. And then like even like uh, Takagi brings up like yeah that's uh, Holly's husband. So don't say anything about how you want to fuck her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she was like Holly's husband, Holly's police officer. Like he's just like staring. <laughs> like, Put the coke away. Don't act like a fucking asshole. You stupid shit brains. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also like uh, th- that because it's an 80s movie, it's got gratuitous boobs every oh, once man. in a while. Yeah. It's like I, at one point where like those two are trying to like find a place to like fuck or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, I know at some point. I'm going to see that boob- chick's. I'm going to see that chick's tits pretty soon. <laughs> It it happens. Yeah. Even like, like the the, the one where it's like just it's just John McClane going through like some weird uh like part in the roof and he just like walks by like a poster of a naked chick. It's like girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, this is an eighties movie through and through right here. Like he's fighting for his life and he's like oh, girls, girls. <laughs> what is um. You, I think you brought up on Thursday's episode. There's a character in this that is like your favorite and only has two lines. Who is that? <laughs> the the fucking anchor, Harvey Harvey Johnson. Oh, okay. So he has one word. He's like the so like he's not even like a big character at all. Like there's like this re- there's like this uh, subplot where like this reporter is trying to get a van to go down to Nakatomi Plaza because he hears about this big terrorist thing going on. And uh, as he's doing it, the, the fucking, uh, the anchor is just, like, trying to, like, bark orders and shit. And then the guy is like, shove it, Harvey! And then he gives him, like, this, like, look. And he's like, you're on, Harvey. And he's like, this is Harvey Johnson. <laughs> and they cut away. And there's, like, another, there's another line in the movie where, like, uh, they're, like, doing, like, some kind of interview oh, with, like, some yeah. fucking dude about some book. About like a about terrorists, uh-huh. and then like this woman's interviewing him, and he's like, "Yeah, uh, we we have a theory that uh, around this time, hostages usually are going through a, a a time where they call it the Helsinki method." Mm-hmm. And then the guy says, "Helsinki is in Finland." He's like, uh, "It's it's Sweden," <laughs> and he's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> he's, he's just he's just like this like. Hair quaffed piece of shit asshole uh-huh. anchor, but it's like the two scenes he's in are so fucking good. I also love the dude that uh, it's like uh, they're in some conference room, and then like the dude comes in and tries to uh, kill John McClane, and then he pulls a gun on him, and then uh, he jumps under a table, and the guy's like firing on him, and then they get to the end of like, oh, no more table. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just love that line. Oh, no more table. <laughs> the guy. Okay, so I thought your favorite guy was going to be one of the FBI officers, the 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 oh, black Johnson. Johnson and Johnson? Yeah. Because <laughs> baby he, oil guy. He only has a few lines too, and one of my favorite lines from him was when they're in the helicopter and like the white guy, the white Johnson was like <laughs> It's just like in Saigon. And then the black John's like, I was in junior high, shit for brains or whatever he says. <laughs> Those guys turn into like such jocks. <laughs> like they go from being like FBI agents to like, we get the fucking copters out. Right. And they go this helicopter they're just like, fuck yeah. And they totally turn into total bros. And it's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And I'm good. And like, I, I mean, you could totally tell for like, any other enforcement outside of John McClane yeah. and Reginald Vell Johnson. Yeah. I like that I always call him by his name, but then Bruce Willis is just John McClane. Anyway, yeah. but anyone outside of them are just going to be fucking incompetent. I know, I love it. Like, the, John McClane doesn't have to deal with the terrorists on the inside. He has to deal with the fucking incompetent assholes that are operating on the outside, too. Right. Whether it's, like, the FBI who was just, like, fucking everything up or, like, the stupid captain who's, like, the principal from... Uh, <clears throat> from Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. Like, they're all fucking stupid. Right. And he's just like, God damn it, now I gotta do more shit on top of the shit I still have to do <laughs> to make up for how fucking stupid these guys are. Right. It's all good. Like, it's... It's all very well done. And because I like that the fact that... Uh, <laughs> Bruce Willis even calls them out on their shit over, like, the walkie. Yeah. He's just like... Give it fucking back to Al or whatever it yeah, is. Just, and he's like, quit being such a fucking shit for brains. <laughs> I just love calling people shit for brains in this. That's I love the, the, the one where, like, he first calls for help. And then, like, the woman gets on and is like, sir, this is a secure line. This is only for emergencies only. He's like, so it's not like ordering a fucking pizza. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it so much. Um, ah, uh, jeez, I don't, I, I don't really got anything else to say about the movie other than like the action in this is, um, pretty well done, yeah. um, which I already said, um, I like that it, uh, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? It, it's all, it's all down to earth. I like that he is like a fallible character. Yeah. He's not like, he, it like. Uh, oh, fuck! I wish I wasn't so drunk for this. So like, I like that he is steadfast in his opinion. Like, this is how it needs to be. Yeah, I'm on the man on the inside. I need to do this, this, and this, and this. But like, physically is taking a toll as it goes on. Yeah. Well, the first time you see him, he's white knuckling an airplane seat because he's scared of heights. Mm -hmm. And that this is like your main. This is like your hero. Right. Like I love that. Like the first time you see him, like he's being like a. He's being scared. Right. So it's like, okay, so this, he's an actual, this is an actual dude. Right. Like, he's not like this, like, built, like, a, a brick shit house, like, nothing scares me type right. action hero. Like, this is a guy where it's like the first time you see him, he's like, oh, shit, I don't like planes. Uh-huh. I think they might do that in another one, too. Like, in Live Free or Die Hard, he, like, rides into L.A. on a plane or whatever, and he's like, don't like planes. And the, but that's it, and it's like, wow, you're really trying worse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this, like small thing. Yeah, like like I said, like they do. <clears throat> this movie does a, such a good job of just like having these small plot threads where it's like, where are you going with this? And then like it pays off. Like the right. whole the whole reporter, where it's like they just keep going back to him all the time. Where it's like, what? Why? Why this guy? Like why do they keep doing this? And then it turns out where it's like he finds out. John McClane's name goes to his fucking wife's house uh -huh. and then like threatens the maid so that he can interview their kids. So that, right. and then that's how fucking Hans Gruber finds out that Holly is his wife where it's like, Oh shit. Fuck this guy. Yeah. Right. Fuck him so hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually really like that. I didn't, you don't pick it up until you've seen it all the way through, but yeah, there's nothing really wasted in this movie. Yeah. The only like, Every every character introduced is gets a payoff 
yeah. in the end. And anything like little thing, it's like oh, that leads to this and this, and that'll pay off in just like the third act. Yeah, or even like small things where like Holly's just like she's on the phone and she's like thinking about John and she's like kind of pissed at him, so she like turns the family photo down. Yeah, and then Hans is in her office, and then like when he's like barking orders at her, he's like she's like looking over at the picture that she turned over where it's like oh fuck yeah 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 good thing you did that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i all of it everything the the villain's plan all these small details like that like that the limo driver's like hey i'm just gonna wait for you down there yeah all of it pays off yeah and then he gets stuck down there and then he ends up running over the fucking black dude in the ambulance right i loved the freaking hacker the, the bad black guy dude hacked. is so good yeah i liked him so <laughs> Two much points and then he fucking <laughs> fucking drop kicks him back <laughs> I, I, I loved all that shit. And the quarterback is toast. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's so good. Uh, uh, so, like, if I were to give this movie a grade, I would give it, like, a solid A. Like, this movie is great. Yeah. Like, I, I'm surprised I've never seen it up until, like, now in yeah. full. But, like, I really enjoyed this movie quite a bit it's unfortunate that you can't stream it for free anywhere yeah but like do you ha- do you own it i think i bought it yeah i bought it a lot i rented it but i'm pretty sure i own it because i think i bought it like on like some whim one time because it's it's literally worth owning yeah i i would think so too and i'm i've never seen the second one i don't think second one's awful is it it's so die bad hard with a vengeance no die hard 2 die hard with a vengeance is really is that, good is that the third one yeah Okay. Die Hard 2 is awful. It's so bad. It's, okay. It's pretty much like the terrorists are on a plane with Holly. Okay. And John McClane is on the ground. Okay. So it makes no fucking sense. Okay. And then I've seen Live Free or Die Hard. I don't hate that movie, even though it's like a cartoon character at that point. Yeah. I like... Um... Die Hard with a Vengeance is good, though. Okay. Have you seen Die Hard with a Vengeance? Um, Sam Jackson? I want to say I've seen it at your house when I used to come over all the time, like yeah. on Stars or something, and it just was on. It's like the one that, that should be the sequel to one, because it's Hans Gruber's brother mm. is like the villain in it. I want to say it's familiar, but it's the same thing. It's like I've always jumped in at like the same point. I've never seen yeah. it from the beginning. Yeah. I've just no like That one might be fun to jump into sometime. Because okay. Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson are fucking awesome together in that. Yeah. That's the only part I really remember is like that relationship there. Yeah. But now <laughs> I'm not, I'm wondering if it's like I'm thinking of like a a lethal weapon movie. Not to make it like sound like a weird race <laughs> thing where it's like there's a black guy and a white guy and they're like teaming up. But now I now I don't remember. Anyway, all I know of the other one I've seen is Live Free or Die Hard with Justin yeah. Long and Timothy Oliphant. And I don't hate that movie at all. No. But it is so overstylized compared to the first one. Oh, yeah, a million percent. Yeah. So. Um, but the question still remains. Wait, did you give it a grade? No, not yet. Did I give it a grade? You did. You said it was an A. Solid A. Solid Got a. it. Yeah, no, I'm about the same boat. Like, I, it always boggles my mind that, like, action movies have gotten dumber like if you like look at like the westerns like westerns were like super westerns almost took like the opposite approach where like everyone is like like over powerful and like super good and like cannot get hurt and then from then on like westerns got more dark and more realistic and it's like with action movies that kind of took the opposite approach where like Die Hard is so realistic and dark, and then you get to action movies now where it's, like, everyone is, like, so fucking, like... Invulnerable. Yeah, you can't even fucking... Like, I'm pretty sure, like, in Skyscraper, The Rock is shot, like, six times or some shit, and doesn't (laughs) fucking... Does not fucking phase him in the slightest. Right. So, it's, like... It's so weird. Yeah. And, like, I... and, And this... Like, you say that they've gotten dumber... To the point where, like, like this movie is smart. Like, the villain's plot is yeah. well thought out and methodical and smart. And, like, everything they set up is smart. And I don't think really any other action... Like, uh, for Skyscraper, I never saw it. Yeah. But it's 
it can't be as an intelligent as this. No. I can't see it no. as that at Not all. Not anywhere close. So like I, I I I completely agree with you there. Like Yeah. They've just become invincible hulks that can get shot up a million times. They can still keep on ticking. Where John McClane in this like only really gets shot once in yeah. the shoulder. Yeah. And it like fucks him up for the rest of the movie. Not even getting shot fucks him up. Just like in general, just just like fighting people and like running from people fucks him up. Right. And and so like I I really appreciate that. Like it it grounds it way more. Yeah. Like granted, I love movies like Commando and all that shit. Oh when yeah. It's like super over the top cheesy. But there's like a time and place for those appropriate, and I don't think even those aren't captured as well now as like they were in the 80s and early oh, yeah. 90s either. Yep. Like there was a time and place for this kind of action movie, and it's long gone by now. Now they're totally yeah. something else. We gotta do Commando. So I've never seen Commando. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, this is yeah, this is this I is my own di- Commando. This is, that's my diehard. Oh I have my. not seen Commando yet. We need to do it. Some 2019 <laughs> is our year for Commando. Here we go. Um, great. So. <laughs> Now the question remains, is this a Christmas movie? I say it is. There's so much Christmas humor in th- in this. Mm-hmm. Like, even the, I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Yep. Like he, like, dresses him up in a Christmas hat. Uh-huh. And, like, uh, fucking Argyle blasting that Christmas song. Okay. On the way to the uh-huh. on a Nakatomi Tower. Uh-huh. Like, there's so many Christmas things in it. I would say that it is not a Christmas movie, oh, JT. You, dude. Now, plans were made that we were going to have a third party here. Yeah. And it would make a definitive answer. Yeah. But things fell through. But do you have that answer, JT? Oh, yeah. She thinks it's a Christmas movie. God damn it. <laughs> God damn you and your collusion. <laughs> So oh. Molly Pop was going to be the yeah. deciding factor yeah. in this. Now hear me out. I think the Christmas elements in this are thinly veiled little nuggets in there that are just like little fun little jokes. I don't think to me. Yeah. Now hear me out. Okay. Don't I'm getting hiccups. Don't even here. hiccup. Don't you hold your breath until I'm done with this sentence. I think. That a Christmas movie is filled with Christmas spirit and people learn a lesson in the end and everyone has like a good old happy ending. Granted, this does have a happy ending, but I don't think that it is a Christmas movie. It just happens to be set around Christmas time. But under your precedence, then movies that don't take place during Christmas could be considered Christmas movies. No. See, my my thing is, like, if it takes place during Christmas and it gives off enough of a vibe that it is Christmas, then it's a Christmas movie. But it, I, to and me... They, and they remind you very much so throughout that it's see, Christmas. I don't think it does it over the top. Like, there's a few things here and there where, like, he does do the, I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. He tapes the gun with Christmas tape on his back. Yeah. There's some few Christmas music playing. And the end credits and during Argyle's, like, limo ride. Yeah. But other than that, and that the fact that there's a Christmas party going on or at the movie, or at the movie, at, like, yeah. the beginning of the movie. He has this talk with Takagi about, like, why, why don't the Japanese celebrate Christmas? I don't think that it all culminates together to be a real Christmas movie. It just happens. Would you consider Kiss Kiss Bang Bang to be a Christmas movie? Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Would you happen to think that Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie? Yeah. Fuck you. Bullshit. <laughs> You're is, fucking lying. It's a fucking Christmas movie. I'm about to throw this fucking Shane chair Black pretty much makes nothing but Christmas movies. Bullshit. He just happens to use it as a plot device. It's not a real Christmas movie. No one learns a real lesson at the end and becomes a better person. So would you say superheroes, superheroes are a plot device? Yeah. In a superhero movie? Some, I guess, depends. <laughs> but if I'm in a, if I'm watching, like, a Captain America movie, I'm expecting superheroes. 
Yeah. So they're a plot. So they, if judging by by your argument, that's not a superhero movie. Superheroes are just a plot device in this movie. No, no. This is an action movie with small little sprinklings of a season in it. Just like how superhero movies are action movies with sprinklings of superheroes in it. Yeah, but you can still call them action <laughs> movies. You can still call them action movies, and, like, this isn't necessarily considered... There's no... This isn't a Christmas movie, is what I'm trying to say. All right, well, hey, that's that's up to you, man. I think it's a thinly veiled attempt I'm just, to make I'm, a cool Christmas movie I'm glad I don't relevant. Live in, I don't glad, I'm glad I don't live in your reality, bro. Man, you should come I down love, to my fucking level where I, I'm just fucking I love, dead. I like, I like where I... <laughs> Like, and give no shit about I like, life. I like in where general. I am, where I can I can lean back and be like, "Oh yeah, Die Hard, great Christmas movie right here." Fuck you. Is it's... Home Alone a Christmas movie? Yes. How? Because it is it is way more festive than than a Die Hard would ever be. <laughs> he is trying. To have the family come home for Christmas because it's a warm family moment. He tells his family to go away. He hates them. Yeah, in the beginning, but then he learns a lesson. <laughs> just like a real Christmas movie would. And he learns the festive spirit of like living and life and loving family. Mm. And the real gift of everything is family. So is Coco a Christmas movie? No. Why not? Because it has nothing to do with Christmas. So Die Hard's more of a Christmas movie than Coco. You're getting me on a fucking technicality, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, technically, yes, you're right, because it's set in the same season. But it is not a Christmas movie. I would also not consider Kiss Kiss Bang Bang a Christmas movie, or Iron Man 3, or any Shane Black movie ever made. I don't know. It's pretty... Sh it's pretty you had a pretty flimsy argument there, Troy. I think this... <laughs> The movie is for fucking cocksure people <laughs> that want something that they think is cool as a Christmas movie when it is in fact and not. They make you hate Die Hard now. I don't hate Fuck Die Hard. You. I just don't think it's what people think it is. They try to shoehorn it into something that it's not. Just let it be an action movie you can watch year round. Don't se don't segregate it to just Christmas. I I don't. But it's fun as fuck it to watch like during you're Christmas. you're trying to do it. <laughs> it's fun to watch during Christmas. I just want to put up the Kermit meme with tea and it's like, but that's not my business. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want right oh now. Oh my God. Anyway, so I guess it's still a split decision. Yep. Uh, we're never going to come to terms with this. It'll just go Even on. though I already said that the third party already agreed with me. It's the split decision. It's, well, she's not here. <laughs> you don't come. Her ballot doesn't count. You asked me. You asked, so what did she think? Oh, she agreed with you? Well, she doesn't count. <laughs> Listen, it's a whole collusion. I don't care. She's not here to cast a vote. Ballot doesn't count. Sorry. If you say you're too tired, I guess you don't give a you don't give a shit so much. So your opinion isn't oh strong God. enough to matter. Dude, fuck you. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that's our review for Die Hard. Join us this th coming Thursday for yeah. an Aquaman, Aquaman review. But if people want to debate the topic of a Christmas movie, Die Hard, yay or nay? Yeah. Where could they do so? Well, we can talk about the wonderful Christmas movie that is Coco at Bucky Fervent on Twitter. Also, Bucky Fervent on Instagram. Hey, Bucky Fervent on Snapchat. Troy. If you want to debate Coco with me, go ahead. I've seen it a fucking thousand times. You will lose that argument. I, but you can do so at Troy the Max on Twitter. If you want to join us both in that convo, you can do so at Review, uh, Review Pod on Twitter. All of our episodes are uploaded onto Facebook if you're into the whole Facebook social media thing. As well as other platforms such as reviewreviewpod.podbean.com, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts. If you're into Apple Podcasts, you could uh, give us a rate and review there because if you love the show, that helps other people find the show. And if you want to write in, you can do so on all of our social medias as well as reviewreviewpod.gmail.com. 
my last argument, Troy, for Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Yeah. It starts with John McClane picking his career over his family and then saving his wife from Hans. He realizes that family might be more important. He even says that he t- he tells Al to tell his wife that he fucked up. Yeah, but I feel like he already secretly loves his family the whole time. It's his wife that has to turn around. Uh, what? His wife has the more successful career than he does. No, but like turn around and like taking him back. Like he always likes his wife. He just is bullheaded and didn't want to move. His wife is the one that like needed to turn around and love him back. Well, no, she loves him too. Ah, but she needed to do more movement in the loving scale than he did. Oh, so you're saying that it's the wife's problem. Yes. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, send all of your... <laughs> send all of your... Uh, you're a you're a hate mail to Troy to the max. Listen, uh, women out there, you can hate as much as you want. Okay, it's your prerogative. It's twenty. What year is this? Eighteen. The whole family moved to L.A. He's the one that stayed in New York. Yeah. So why couldn't he have gone to L.A. and become a cop there? He was bullheaded. Listen. L- let me. I guess <laughs> now I need to elaborate on my fucking opinion. <laughs> She moved to L.A. as a career move. Yeah. He didn't want to move because of he's bullheaded and a man. I would, For that, she resents him, and yet he still loves her. He eventually goes out to meet her all the way in L.A. because he truly does love her. And in the, in the process of him risking his life, putting his balls on the line, and saving her and everyone else's life in there except for fucking scumbag Willis, or whatever his name Ellis. is. Ellis. <laughs> he wins her heart back, and she changes face to love him back. Look, I, it's both. Ah! No, no, it's both. It's both, because... <laughs> We're going to go so long on this. <laughs> Look, she, they both equally love each other. It's just that she's frustrated with him because she's trying to grow a career for herself. And John McClane is is too stuck in his in his comfort zone in New York. He could easily move to L.A. with her and get a job as an LAPD officer. But instead, he finds excuses to stay in New York. But then he finds out halfway through that it's like, well, shit, I actually do love her. Like, the fact that she is in this life-or-death situation makes me realize how much I love her. Nah, he went, He wouldn't go all the way out there if he didn't love her already. No, he, he went out there because he wanted, He was like, oh, well, she's going to see me and realize how much she missed me, and then she's going to come back to New York with me. That's why, he moved, that's why he went out there. You can almost kind of see it in... Uh, because even El- like uh, Argyle brings it up when they're in their fucking car, where it's like, oh, so no, you're thinking you come out here and she realizes that she's what she's missing and she comes back to New York with you. And he's like, well, you know how to pick things up, El- uh, Argyle, where it's like he's he's going out there because he misses them, but also because it's like she misses me more. And the fact that I show my face and she realizes how much she misses me is going to be like, well, fuck, I'm going to drop everything and move back to New York with him. Maybe. Or maybe I'm right. Who's to judge? Yeah. The that listeners. way, it this at the end, family comes back together, boom, Christmas movie. Move, it meets all your fucking dumb premises yeah, outside but, of the idea that it also takes place during Christmas. But I can still feel how I feel, and really, my opinion it can't be wrong because it's my opinion. And I feel like it's not a Christmas movie. It can still be a dumb opinion. Anyways, everybody, (laughs) thanks for joining us on this lovely Christmas Eve. (laughs) You're a fucking idiot! (laughs) Merry Christmas! (laughs) So hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this on the drive to the in-laws house or wherever you have to go this uh, Christmas Eve. Um, But we hope you... Have glad tidings for this Christmas season. And no glass in your feet. <laughs> That's right. Hopefully you enjoy a nice cooked goose. <laughs> Everyone enjoys <laughs> goose. a goose. And they give all the, they give and receive all the presents and happiness yeah. that they uh, put out during the uh, early in the year. 
I really yeah. lost steam at there at the end. Fuck Bob Cratchit. Fuck Cratchit, really, <laughs> is all we're trying to put through it's here. A, the whole message of this whole show was just fuck Bob Cratchit. <laughs> um, but until next time, JT, I've been short of the Max Extreme. I am JT3K. And we are off.